Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It is Tuesday, December 7th, and you are listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by National Recruiting Analyst Andrew Ivins, and we're here to discuss all things Sunshine State. There's been a lot of twists and turns in the coaching carousel, and a lot of that has gone through the state of Florida. Before we get to Florida and Miami and everything else that's going down there, Andrew, how are we, hold- how are we holding up? Oh man, we're in the crunch time. This is the, this is the fun time of the year though, except you're just kind of held hostage. Like you knew Miami was going to potentially make some some moves and I'm like telling my girlfriend I'm like, "Well, it could happen Friday night, then it could happen Saturday, then it could happen Sunday." And you're like trying to like plan like your sleep schedule and then it's like, "All right, it's definitely going to happen Monday, right?" And then uh, you know, but this is fun. This is why we do the job, right? It's a lot of fun. I feel like I've been doing uh, emergency and bonus episodes on this podcast feed for the last two weeks or so. And what's what's really interesting is the so there's so many moving parts, right? Like one gap is closed, but that creates a different gap. And one window is is closed and that opens another window. And I think what's crazy is that the more and more we go into this, the shorter the span is between now and the early signing period. Now we're in single digits until that signing day period begins December 15th. Uh, It's basically over a week away and it's creating a, a ton of questions for recruits, for their families, for their coaches. And I know in recent years, the number and the percentage of recruits that sign early has continued to rise. I think it was close to 80% last year and definitely in the 70s in the year before that. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, kind of getting a temperature of it and and trying to figure out what's going to happen. Like, I don't know if we're going to surpass that 80% mark this time around, just because there's so much uncertainty heading into the signing period. Yeah, it's like you almost think there's going to be a decline. I've talked to some kids and like they they, they kind of go on their fe- on the fence, but I do think there are some that are like, "Hey, I'm just I'm I'm taking a step back. I want to see what's going to happen and then kind of go from there." Like Shamar Stewart, the nation's, I think he's the number a top 10 prospect, number one in, in the Sunshine State. He's he's fully set on deciding in, in, in February during that traditional national signing day. And obviously when you're a guy like him, you know, schools are going to wait and hold spots. But then you also got other prospects who, hey, you might be the only only girl at the dance and you're, you're going to have some some doors and opportunities that you might not have had just because there aren't a lot of guys still out there. So it's interesting. And I think some people are starting to advise more and more kids, hey, wait, and there's still going to be some options for you, assuming you are talented. Yeah. Before we get to Miami and, and Mario Cristobal and obviously the big splash hire that kicked off this week and, and sent really the recruiting world into another frenzy, let's begin with Billy Napier at Florida, has arrived officially this past weekend. I'm not sure he got the reception 
that Brent Benevol's got right at midnight uh, down in Norman with with the 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 herd of fans that showed up to the airport. But I, I did like the reception that Billy Napier got when he when he arrived in Gainesville and you know his in- introductory press conference. He had a lot of really interesting things to say about recruiting specifically, and the Gators do have a lot of room for growth. You were on this podcast, Andrew, not too long ago, you know, detailing the struggles and the deficiencies of Dan Mullen and what this staff needed at the helm at the top to re- really you know kind of set the tone as the head coach and the recruiter that is making a push for all these prospects uh and it seems like Billy Napier is going to embrace some of that right now number 14 uh, among the 14 SEC schools uh, a lot of room for growth for the Gators but it, I mean I think right now the, the only way to go is up I, I listened to all of Billy's opening press conference uh, on Sunday and his his remarks. And I think the thing that stood out to me when it came to recruiting is he kept talking about building out his off-field staff and his support staff. And, and, and he made it seem like he was fighting for funds to get those people. And he came from Alabama, where there are a ton of people inside those football offices that work specifically in recruiting and scouting and in the graphics departments and all that stuff. So I think he's going to get Florida right when it comes to that. And I, I was at Florida this past summer. You know, Dan had, had kind of done some st- interesting stuff with how he had structured it. It seemed like you almost had an analyst for every position coach and that analyst would help that position coach recruit. But it, it never seemed like there was an overbearing presence from one sole director of player personnel or general manager or anything like that. Like that. So I'm interested to see how Napier sets this thing up, but I think it's the right approach and they're going to get right in that. It seems like he wants all the new age stuff. That's what he went and he met with Jeremy Foley, the athletics director there. So I think if you're a Florida fan, that's very, very encru- encouraging because I'm not sure Dan Mullen ever fought for any of that stuff. Like that wasn't a big deal to him. He always seemed to me to be the guy that's, hey, I'm going to X and O's you and be better than you in that sense. So that to me is something that really stood out about Napier's first kind of real introduction to uh, the Florida media. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably got there, right? And he got a, a really good understanding of what the current state is of, of that office and of that recruiting staff and maybe where there are some gaps. And for him to attack that in his introductory press conference and really state it and come out and say, hey, this is the area where we need the most help. Obviously, it must have been glaring to him, right? To to go into a, a program like Florida, which isn't up to par with some of these other schools. Uh, and, and it really shows why they've been struggling on the recruiting trail. Now, you know, maybe the typical college football fan might say, oh, you know, how can you call that struggling? They have a top 40 class, but you mentioned it on this podcast recently. This is Florida. Like this is a program that should be recruiting at a top five, maybe a top 10 level. They should never be outside the top 25 to begin with. There's too much talent in state. And I think now with Billy Napier and and his ties throughout the Southeast, his connections and the SEC and the biggest ingredient is his energy level, right? Like if you are going to be a recruiter and if you're going to be at the top of a program, you have to have the most energy and charisma and that drive that we see from the likes of Kirby Smart and the the closing mentality of a Nick Saban. Uh, and I think 
when you when you discuss maybe the honeymoon period for a coach, this is really pivotal. And now it's going to be interesting to see how they approach the next week and a half, right? Like, are they going to go all in on closing some of these 22s, trying to flip some guys? Or do they kind of do a little bit of that? Do they go into the transfer portal and focus on, on, on stockpiling some talent? Or do they just go all in on trying to initiate some buzz in the 2023 class? My takeaway, and this is me just trying to read the tea leaves, um, is that I don't think they're going to get super aggressive over the next nine days. We're taping this on Tuesday. Uh, Napier was in Louisiana on Tuesday, which I think makes a ton of sense. You know, he, for the most part, most of his recruiting classes at Louisiana were built and constructed with guys from the bayou, um, you know, from the boot. That's where, that's the bread and butter. That's where he has most of his ties. So that's where he was on Tuesday. I, I don't, I'm not anticipating a, a monster recruiting weekend right away this upcoming weekend. I think he'll probably get a, a number of Florida's commits, most of which have already taken official visits. But of course, you can take two official visits now if there's been a head coaching change. I think they'll get those guys. There'll probably be some, be some surprises, but it seems like he he, he kind of hinted at it that they want to get more of the right guy than just a guy. And, and you know, Bud Elliott, our colleague at 24-7 Sports, has, has done some research on these, what we'll call transition classes. And, and Normally, for the most part, they don't really pan out, um, and it's because they, they, those coaches don't have relationships with the guys they're bringing in. And you know, after eight, eight, twelve months, those guys move on. So I, I would anticipate them to be a little conservative, probably lean more towards that transfer portal, and then attack what's left in January and February. Yeah, yeah, and then I think that would you know essentially kind of line up with the long build, right? Like you're in this for the long haul. And and if you want to set a foundation, if you want to be able to build from uh, the bottom, you kind of have to attack it that way, be a little bit more conservative early on, but still capitalize on that honeymoon period while the, the iron's hot, right? Like your name is a hot name right now. You're going to be able to get a lot of meetings that maybe you weren't getting before because you are out of Florida. You are wearing that Jordan logo and that Gators logo on your polo. And, and I think that that's the the approach that maybe the the bigger names have to take is you know get in there while we can and start to build some buzz for the future and then wait until the results start paying off and paying dividends you know billy napier gets there and as of Monday, things have gotten already a little bit more difficult for him because Mario Cristobal is back in the Sunshine State. He's a Hurricane alum, won a couple of national championships there, played his high school ball there, uh, has been an assistant coach there before, and he takes over for Manny Diaz. And you know, for him, I, I think this made sense in, in a lot of ways, right? Like he had already done a lot of good things at Oregon, had won a Pac-12, couple Pac-12 championships, had won a Rose Bowl, had you know produced some high NFL draft picks like Justin Herbert and Panay Sewell, you know, guys that he was recruiting. Um, and I think now he arrives at, at Miami with that same sort of buzz and the dynamics are, are beginning to shift there in the Sunshine State. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've said this four or five times already on different podcasts or CBS HQ. Like, I think if you're Alabama or Georgia, you should be a little bit concerned about the fact that Mario Cristobal is there. And I think if you're Florida and Florida State, you should be really concerned that Mario is now recruiting for the U. He did some impressive things at Oregon, Blair. And I know you could highlight more of that when he was there. I mean, the state of Oregon does not produce a ton of, of, of four and five star recruits and let alone NFL talent. So he 
he had to recruit nationally, uh, and he did. He got a, a number of impressive players to Oregon. And now he comes down to Miami, a place where he doesn't need a GPS to get around. He can bounce from high school to high school with no issues. I think that's that that's going to shake things up here. You know, yes, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, those guys are going to get their guys. But I think Mario and whoever he hires to be his assistant coaches are going to make it way more difficult for some of these top kids to just leave South Florida and head to the SEC. And then I also think, like I mentioned, Florida. In Florida State, you know, both those schools at the end of the day pretty much have to recruit South Florida. They want to recruit South Florida. And Napier and Mike Norvell, they don't really have any ties to South Florida. So I think that's another interesting dynamic. Uh, but yeah, monster get for Miami in, in terms of recruiting because Mario, I think, is one of the best when it comes to getting talent. Uh, and we've seen that over the past few years. Yeah, the interesting thing, and we just touched on it with, with Billy Napier, is that you know it's going to be interesting to see what the approach is over the next week, whether or not they hold maybe a big uh, official visitor weekend this coming weekend, uh, whether they start to maybe move some pieces around and try to attack that January and, and February window. Uh, Mario Cristobal was in on some really big name recruits and he was involved in a lot of recruiting battles that maybe Billy Napier wasn't involved in. And so I think his approach has to be a little bit different. He's already done a lot of the legwork for, for a number of years, right? Recruiting some of these prospects, maybe being the first to offer some players. And, you know, the, the interesting thing that you mentioned was he's had to go out of state, right? Like before at Oregon, not a lot of top talent was going out and getting two, three, four of the top players in California was getting the best player in Arizona was getting the best player in Utah was getting the best player at Bishop Gorman or wherever it is, you know, out West it, going to Colorado and getting some prospect going to Hawaii and, and getting guys. And, and I think now, you know, I think that's going to carry a lot of weight for him too because not only is he going to be able to nitpick and grab some guys there from 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 Florida and from Miami and from the, you know some of the areas that he's already established himself but now his name carries a ton of weight out west and if Miami wants to come out to California or wherever it may be and and Mario Cristobal's name is attached to it I think it's going to allow Miami and and their brand to grow even further, which is going to make that scholarship offer whenever it arrives a little bit more prestigious, right? Like I think there's going to be a demand now to have that Miami offer. I mean, again, you would know better than me, but it seems like a lot of kids like Mario Cristobal and want to play for Mario Cristobal. I, it, circling back to kind of the South Florida, the d d dynamic here, you know, there are a number, what I would call the South Florida coaching circles or that, that inner circle. And those guys all approve of Mario Cristobal. And, you know, I, I think one of the issues with Manny Diaz is there wasn't really the high school coaches supporting him and pushing their kids and steering them towards there. I think now that Mario is there, Miami will be acceptable enough for the local schools. And that's huge. And you mentioned Mario has recruited nationally. You know, he was at Oregon. He was targeting a number of South Florida kids. I, I think there's a good chance Miami gets some of these guys over the next nine days. I mean, one of them I want to highlight, Nigel E. Kelly, uh, a defensive end at a, a Fort Lauderdale. You know, he told me a few days ago, if Oregon was located in South Florida, I would be committed to Oregon. Well, you know, Oregon's not, but Miami is. And now Mario Cristobal, the coach you like, is there. So I think there's a good chance Miami gets him. And then another one, Earl Little, cornerback out of American Heritage Plantation, which is the NFL factory. He is considered a bit of an Alabama lean 
did take a late official visit to Oregon, and that's in large part because dad, who played at Miami, is pretty close with Mario Cristobal. I wouldn't be surprised if he visits uh, Coral Gables at some point over the next few days. And, you know, Mario could essentially beat out Alabama for a a blue chip talent his first two weeks on the job. And I think that just kind of speaks volumes uh, about him as a recruiter, because I can't remember uh, Manny Diaz doing that. And, and, And if Mark Rick did, it was only a handful of those battles he won. A lot of really good stuff there, not only on Florida and Miami, but what's happening in the Sunshine State as we enter a new era with some new coaches and the dynamics continuing to shift. One thing I hope those two schools don't do, though, is is what Auburn did over the weekend. You sent me a text message, Andrew. Justin Williams took an official visit, and we've been big endorsers here on this podcast, you and I specifically, about the spreads and maybe those cookie cakes or or how we're going to treat these recruits when they get on campus for the first time for official visits since the pandemic. And what Auburn did was Justin Williams tweeted out this photo and you can check him out on, on Twitter at AKA Jay will. Well, he had a, a bag of ruffles, cheddar and sour cream, some Fuego Takis, uh, a poster made out of some postcards. What a four pack of Oreos. And I mean, what, what is happening here? Auburn. I mean, you're, you're Auburn is 13th in the sec. Only Florida is worse. And I could see why. I mean, I don't know how much this stuff matters at the end of the day. Uh, I used to work in the hospitality industry and I can tell you every detail does matter, especially when you're trying to impress someone. But this looks like someone walked into a 7-Eleven or like a Wawa spent $10 and then laid it out for an official visitor. It's it's not a good look. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're used to the cookie cakes. Uh, some people did some cupcakes. It wasn't, didn't Oklahoma do like custom cookies? Yeah, custom custom cookies with the graphics and you have your, maybe a photo of you and your family. And I mean, there's a lot of creative ways to make an impression when a recruit arrives at his hotel room. Nothing screams, I don't want to come here more than a bag of Fuego Takis. <laughs> Like, do people eat those? Like, I, I don't know. I, I've never dabbled in that. Yeah. I mean, how, what do you do? Like, do you, do you text the kid and ask him like, Hey, what do you want to eat when you're, when you're, you know, on your downtime, when you want a snack? And yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe Justin Williams checked off uh, the box where it said Takis and, and that's how he got him. So not going to blast the, the choices, I guess. But I do think that, like you mentioned, every little detail matters and we're in crunch time. We're less than 10 days away from the early signing period. And if this is the impression that you want to make on a recruit, then, you know, we will see. So it, it'll be interesting to see what those spreads look like this weekend, Andrew, as we enter the final official visit weekend uh, before the early signing period. It's a crazy time. Time, but it's a fun and enjoyable time. And, and uh, it's been, I think, a whirlwind for everyone. Um, so I, I can't wait until that December 15th date until we get to, to the finish line and, and, and see some of these names come off the board. Yeah, Blair. Well, I, I will say the one trend I do like that I've seen emerge here in the, what are we, 2021? A lot of kids on official visits these days are taking photos with like state flags. So they'll like go visit another school and that school will have a state flag for them. I don't know. Cool touch. I like it. So keep an eye on that this weekend when kids take visits. You'll see those photos of them with like a, a peach state flag on their official visit or something. It's, it's unique and I, I like it. Yeah. Well, no one flies the Florida flag prouder than Andrew Ivan, Sunshine State. Great. Thank you so much for joining us and, and uh, can't wait to, uh, to do it again, my friend. For sure. All right. That is Andrew Ivins. You can follow him on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivins. For our producer, Lance Glenn and Andrew Ivins, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay. 
Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.